So do you want what would or not? Is that going to be the intro? Do you want what would? <laughs> just, I didn't not? know how to word it. Of course you want wet wood, don't you, Randy? Welcome to Cue the Mic. Welcome to Cue the Mic. Episode 23. Mm-hmm. 23. We, uh, we thought we'd, you know, we had a lot of conversations and a lot of messages from people listening that wanted to talk more about backyard barbecue. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to talk about barbecue for dummies, I thought it was pretty appropriate We'd bring back Randy Twyford. And it's nice to be here. Very nice. Appropriately, <laughs> Mark. Thank you very much, Darren. Sure appreciate it, old buddy. You know. Randy's no dummy. He brings a lot of intelligence to the barbecue world. And Boy, he's stroking it, it now. It's just been a long time. and we, Yeah, I know. It was a good intro. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Right? Oh, God. We're going to have to shut off Emma's mic because she's going to be going, oh, my God. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. I can't believe it's they're saying true. that. Yep. See, she'll do this. Whole, she'll do okay. this the whole time, Randy. I thought eleven episodes between each Randy episode, or like between each Randy appearance, would be enough. But I'm starting to second guess that decision it's already. Oh, it, it's. I tell you, Randy and I are both headed. He's coming down to visit me in uh, at Praise the Lord in Murfreesboro, in Illinois, this weekend. So we're gonna have a fun and frolicking weekend exciting um yeah exciting weekend and yes. who knows we might even just pull out the mic and call emma up and say come on hit the record let's go live from murfreesboro yeah. the <laughs> apital city capital of illinois that barbecue capital of illinois oh barbecue capital of illinois get yeah. that straight there Sherry, Sherry just walked in the back door and and she's like she's being very quiet but she thinks we just started but honey we just started so we got a good hour to go she's grabbing her book and heading off to the exercise bike there you go right on right on okay but yeah so what are we going to talk about well you you know i think it's you know i get asked a lot of questions you get asked a lot of questions. We all get a lot of questions as professional barbecuers, you know, so I thought it would be okay just to kind of try and hit some high level of, you know, talk about different types of cookers and there's always wood versus charcoal versus pellets and what type of meat and, and tell me about the cooking process and do I wrap and butcher? Do I not? So I thought yeah. it would be kind of okay just to, go through the process as if we were going to kind of cook the meat ourselves. I agree. And talk and about, because Randy and I probably have, def, you know, we probably have differing opinions. Well, and I agree why with we you. we do things the way we do I it. I agree with you. I mean, um, I think it's a lot that we take for granted. But, I mean, I'm like yourself. How many times we'll be out with a food truck or out with a catering and somebody's like, how do you cook a pork butt? You know, that's something that's just comes natural for you or I, but 
for the average person, you know, it's like, or I've cooked this brisket and it was so tough. Well, what temperature do you pull right. it at? You hear that all the time. At, I pulled it at 160 degrees. Oh, okay. You know, so stuff that we, you and right, I think right. is pretty so, basic. Go ahead. Right. So we're going to try and try and roll back and, and just kind of go back to the basics. Cause I think there's a lot of gold there to be mined that, um, and, and if you're a competition barbecue cook, we'll probably still give out some secrets along the way. You might be a little boring and, but you know, just stick with us. You know, this podcast is for everybody. That's exactly right. right. Well, and even if they are, you know, if they are competition barbecuers, it'd be kind of interesting to see if they agree with the stuff you say. So and if right. they don't, they can get their they own just to Randy and, I... and then you let us yeah, know. Yeah, you, they can get their own friggin' <laughs> podcast, and they can make their own opinion. But today, it's Darren and I's. Sorry. Well, and Emma. And Emma, excuse Hi. me. And and Emma, Randa. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have an opinion. Anyway, come on. Okay. So anyway, let's go to let's go to type of cookers because I get asked that a lot about. Offset versus indirect versus drums versus pellet cookers, whatever. You know, and so I personally, I started cooking on a little electric Brinkman smoker. And I had no idea that temperature meant anything, right? If smoke was coming out of the top of it, it meant you were smoking. I uh, I actually started and on then I kind a, of I actually started on a uh, offset, I think, from Walmart. One of the old barrel, one of the barrel offset deals, you know, and uh, yeah, couldn't figure out why I couldn't keep heat in it. I kept yeah, chucking because wood it was in made it. of sixteen-inch steel. Yeah, yeah, made out of just a little heavier than a beer can, and uh, and kept chucking wood to it, and uh, it it'd go to three hundred degrees and then drop to twenty, you know, back and forth. Hmm. Right. And, and I think that's part of the problem with, the, you know, people trying, of course, when they're just getting started, they don't want to invest a lot of money. Sure. Right. So they're trying to yeah. find the cheapest thing possible. So like the electric Brinkin, somebody gave it to me. Right. Now, I quickly moved off to an Oklahoma Joe's or Horizon. Well, I guess it's Horizon was Oklahoma Joe's offset, but it was quarter inch steel thick. So it was it was OK to to manage a fire. but the higher dollar you're going to invest, I would say, the easier it is to manage the fire, right? Because managing a fire is the hardest part. You guys are talking about how what thick it, they are. Is that an like? Is that out of importance? Like, do they? Do oh, you want like, super, such super, a thick super, steel? super important? It's an it's an insulation deal. So, like on my okay. Jambo, top of the line competition cooker. I've got yeah. four inches of insulation around my firebox. So, I mean, okay. I can run that thing on just a few charcoal briquettes if I want in one stick of wood, and it'll still maintain temp because it's very efficient. But if you get a cooker that doesn't have any insulation at all around it or the steel isn't very thick, you lose all the heat. The heat doesn't go into the chamber. It and goes drafts through the steel and... of the firebox. And you, you get, get drafts, drafts coming, coming in, in oh, okay. and then seal tight, and then so you just back and forth. So it's just, it's really tough. So if you're going to buy an offset, 
mm-hmm. get a thicker one, right? You got to get okay. something that's that's uh, a quarter inch thick or, or better, I would say. Don't try and buy something that, you know, is on sale. You know, just you get what you, want you pay my opinion? for when it comes to barbecue. Cookers. You want my opinion? I, I get asked this all the time. Yeah. I get asked this all the time. <laughs> what kind of, I, I'm going to just cook backyard stuff. I want to grill. I want to smoke. What should I get? And we had we never talked about this before, but I recommend a big green egg. I think they're the most versatile cooker out there, smoker there is for a backyard person. Even I mean, they're not something we're going to use on a commercial basis. And we used to do it on the competition, and we pretty well busted it every time we take it down the road. But for the backyard guy, I mean, you can take and uh, you can grill on it. You, you've never had a better steak, or you can set it and you can smoke a brisket in it for 12, 14 hours and not have to babysit it. I think the big big green egg is, the, and it, they're not that far out of line in price. They're cheaper than one of these offset Brinkman's. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna take the opposite approach. Uh-huh. Cause I think that's horrible. <laughs> I think that's horrible <laughs> advice. You do. This is gonna be because, fun. And, and and Randy knows this because I had a big green egg. It sat on my deck for four years, custom cart, all kinds of nice stuff. But what I don't like about the big green egg, it's very efficient. Okay, so it's made out of you know clay or ceramic or whatever ceramic. Or, or as, as Grandpa so it's very it's insulated. Toilet. It's made, same thing out of toilets made. It's out of it, toilet. it, it was like a toilet, right? But what I don't oh like is the big green egg. The airflow in the big green egg is designed mm-hmm. around snuffing, building a fire, a small fire, and snuffing that fire out to maintain temperature. So by snuffing that fire out, to me, it, it does make the, it really efficient. It'll last for a long time. It'll burn for days. But I don't like the intense smoke flavor. Now, if you want intense smoke flavor, it's the thing for you. But I just don't like the airflow in the big green egg. I but think you, somebody would be way happier to go grab, a, you know, a Traeger or some sort of pellet cooker. Oh, I, and, I agree. And have the versatility I, I agree with to you do on that. that. But I think, I, well, well, I don't he know. Agrees. I, I, I don't know what I do or not. Well, also on that green egg, maybe it's the operator not knowing how to set the dial on the top to be able to get enough, get the right airflow. You know, it very it very well could be. Not just it very saying. well could be. Just saying. If you ever if if you ever want some fun, go out, go go out and go to YouTube and type in big green flare ups. Oh yeah, and you'll watch because you shut the ox you you shut the oxygen of those things down too much that if you don't mm. give it a little burp, it will flash back. Oh, it's unbelievable. on you. I mean, it'll send it'll send your eyebrows. Yeah. I mean, Randy used to have hair. Yeah. That's why What's I don't cook that much anymore. So, what was that, Emma? Well, I, I was always standing next. I was always. She wanted to know what my excuse was. I, that's what I thought she said. <laughs> Just confirming it. So, so but anyway, Randy likes a big green egg. I like I like for the backyard guy I like a pellet. I'm not a fan of the offset. I mean if you can get a a thick metal one it's okay, but 
it depends what you want to do. If you're a guy that wants to sit around and tinker with the fire every 15 or 20 minutes, exactly. get an mm -hmm. offset. Okay. And because you're going to have to, you're going to have to control it every 15 or 20 minutes. A big green egg, you're going to let a big green egg will go for hours on end. Uh, a pellet cooker will go indefinitely if you keep filling it full of pellets. And you think from a smoking standpoint that you want to sit there and do that every 15 or 20 minutes, that gets really old really quick. Real I mean, quick. ultimately yeah. what you're after is the, the end product, right? You're, you're after, hey, I want to have barbecue for dinner. I want to invite friends over. But if you need to, especially on an overnight cook, if you got to stay up all night and check that thing, that's just horrible. It's yeah. just, you may think you want to go there. You don't. You'll do it once. <laughs> um, you'll do it once. And, 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 you know, so let's go back to the offset. So, and I imagine Randy's offset was the same as mine. You know, so in order to be smoking, you had to smoke. So you got fuel. So you you got a choice. You can do wood. You can do charcoal. You can do pellets. That's or propane. You can do propane, but that's cheating. So we don't. We're not even going to talk about propane, right? It's well, it's mm -hmm. cheating until you get to commercial operation, right? There you go. There you go. Okay. Okay. But I'm not so fighting. wood versus charcoal. So yeah. so different types of woods. One of the, you know, they talk about woods. They always say in order for a wood to be good for smoking, it has to have a fruit or a nut on it. So the tree has to, so a cherry tree is fine. Um, you know, a hickory tree or an oak or something like that, but you're not going to use a pine because it doesn't have a fruit or a nut. You can get by with apple and, and it all depends on how much smoke flavor you want. Right. Do you so, really think, do you really think, do you really think that the difference between like a cherry wood and a peach wood and that, that that actually imparts a different flavor to the meat? I'm not going to say it's a, a, I don't think it's a different flavor, but I think it's a different level of smoke. What do you mean by okay. that? That's kind of interesting. Well, yeah. so in the restaurant, we're known... Uh -huh. You know, if you go to if you go to Texas for barbecue, you're going to get post oak, right? right? And post oak is a pretty harsh oak wood. You come to Smoky D's, you're going to get cherry wood. Okay, right. so cherry wood, and the main reason we use cherry wood because it's very mild. Now, right. people that want a lot of smoke flavor, they'll complain, but for the yeah. most part, if you want delicate smoke, then you want to use something like a cherry wood or whatever. Now you can move up and like in competition, I'll use like pecan or hickory. Um, cherry doesn't leave a good coal base. So as you're burning it, you kind of burn through it quicker. Um, hmm. It doesn't have a lot of one thing important. If you're dealing with an offset cooker is your coal base is very important. So it's think about when you're sitting around a campfire and, and you throw a log on it, it smokes. And then once it's all the way, you know, you see it start to break apart. And those coals are what keep that fire going and keep sure. it very efficient. And that's really what you're trying to do. And that's why, you know, hmm. sometimes in the South, you see where those guys are burning down wood. And then the charcoal kind of falls down and they take their shovel and they go put it underneath. You have a barrel or whatever. That's, so that's a very, yeah. Yeah, that's a very mellow smoke because you've kind of burnt all the impurities, if you will, out of the wood. So 
Let me ask you, you know, this. It's different levels of smoke. Let me ask you this. Do you think leaving the bark on the wood has anything to do with the flavor of the smoke or anything? Or oh, that's a good question. I think it I think it does and I think the bark burns differently it tends to smolder. Okay. And so smoldering wood tends to put off a lot more smoke. So hmm. in in essence when you're when you're looking at smoke and when Randy and I first started I guarantee we could open up our smokers and it would just be glossy black dripping with creosote and that's really what that was was creosote so you're burning a very inefficient fire it's smoking a lot and when you're smoking a lot it's creating creosote so as you smoke something you know and we'll get into meat later but meat only takes that smoke for a certain period of time and once after that certain period of time the meat's not going to take any smoke flavor on but if you keep throwing the smoke to it you're just building you know creosote on the outside of the meat you know so it's like it's like kissing somebody that smokes right sure that flavor that's a sure randy are you lost or no no i'm just listening <laughs> I'm just listening. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so anyway, I mean, but it's a very tart yeah, flavor. And so, and, and to, some people think that's good. I think it's horrible. I mean, we have well, a restaurant to the north disgusting. of us that is very, very popular that I'll go to about once every three or four years. Right. And I walk in this place and they're heavy, heavy on the hickory smoke. And. When you walk in, and all you can smell is this hickory, which it smells good. But when you get your food, the way you the way you determine how much smoke on food is when you get done eating, how many hours you belch smoke afterwards. Yeah, that's right? true. Because that's agree. really the true. Because if you get somebody that oversmokes something, you'll be belching for 12 hours that's, afterwards. Yeah. And, and all she'll do is. But, but that's what it is. That's hey, wild. I got a question for you. I mean, speaking of, of the wood, <laughs> going back to the wood and the smoldering, you hear a lot of people that mm -hmm. are, and I've been asked, I'm sure you have, should we soak our wood chunks before we cook them, we'll put them in the fire pit? So what's your thoughts of soaking wood uh, in water well, before you put it on in the fire? Well, here, here's my point. If you're buying... I'm not a fan of wood chip soaking or them. Wood it's chunks. just going to create nasty smoke. Soaking your wood so, in so, uh, so water. wood chunks. It it depends. It depends if you've got a if you got wood chunks that have been sitting there for five years in the damn garage that are all dried out and brittle. A little water's not going to help bring not for very long, but to bring some moisture out because that okay. that wood is really going to burn well. So it. You know, if you can be fancy like we used to be, we're not anymore, but we used to take moisture meters and we would dry all our wood down to 10 to 12%, right? right? So the outside, if I put a moisture meter like a woodsmith would, um, they would kill and dry would their wood down to 10 or 12%. Right. Yeah, Woodchuck, woodchuck wood, right? Yeah. But they would do that. And so we did that in competition barbecue. Well, then 
then you get good enough that you can either knock two pieces of wood together and tell whether they're dry or not to now you can just pick it up and toss it in your hand and know whether it's a a wet piece of wood or a dry piece of wood you know and so like when we're in competition what so do you want wet wood or not is that going to be the intro do you want what what (laughs) just i didn't know how to word it of course you want wet wood don't you randy no no just kidding okay we're back we're back okay we're back i know she went there but i just no so 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 i think you want wood with i don't think you want super dry wood okay i think you you don't super dry wood's just going to burn and give you no flavor whatsoever it's just going to go it's going to be gone whereas if you have wood that measures in that 10 to let's say 15 percent even moisture content it's going to burn the outside's going to burn and as it mm-hmm. gets hot the inside's going to be wetter and it's going to continue to burn and it will dry it out and it will last a lot longer if you okay. get it too wet it's going right. to have trouble igniting and it's just going to sit there mm-hmm. and smolder and that smoldering is what we're trying to avoid that's what bark brings that's what whatever so okay the, the do i tell everybody hey do you run out and get a uh, a moisture meter probably not okay even though you can get them for mm-hmm. 12 13 bucks if you're into it get into it but i think it's just being able to realize if you buy a new bag of of wood versus an old bag of wood and look at the difference and you'll figure out mm-hmm. if it's too dry you're not going to get much smoke flavor at all now it's okay to use that as fuel mm-hmm. but you don't want to keep chucking wood all the time because if you keep chucking wood and 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 the wood is smoking you're just adding creosote to your fire so i always tell people start if i've got an indirect cooker just start with a little base of charcoal and put a stick of wood on and then maybe add some more lump charcoal or mm-hmm. another piece of wood but it, you know at some point it just becomes fuel so wood's a lot more expensive well it used to be a lot more expensive than charcoal i think it's probably the other way around now but, you know, so it's all about clean smoke. When I'm looking at a smoker, I don't want to see smoke coming out of it. Now, when you first light it, yes, there's going to be, but you don't want meat on there when you first light it. But ultimately, you're looking for a thin blue haze coming out of that smoker. You don't, you don't huh. even want to be able to tell that smoker's operating. If you're chugging smoke, you're, you need to get a cleaner fire. You need to get a hotter fire. You need a cleaner expect. fire. No. Right, because you're over-smoking stuff. Hmm. Um, charcoal. Some people like charcoal. I use charcoal mm-hmm. in competition. I actually use charcoal briquettes to start the fire because they provide a really good coal base. Now, why the charcoal starting? I don't have any meat on the smoker, but I like to put charcoal and then put wood on the top of it. So the charcoal will get the wood burning. I get the wood smoke and then I can either add a log or I can add some more lump charcoal. So you've got, you got charcoal briquettes, which are molded. Some of them are all natural. I think Royal Oak has an all natural one where some of the other players add clay and, and different impurities into that charcoal to, to fillers to get it to bind together. Right. And that is doesn't necessarily create the best smoke. 
and it's it's okay. I mean, it, it's not a really a health issue, but it's really a flavor issue. You huh. know? So if you're burning on a, you know, for instance, a Weber grill, we we don't talk about the Weber enough. It's probably the most yeah. versatile grill. I'd take a Weber grill on my deck to smoke and to grill over a big green egg any day. Yeah, um, because you can create an offset fire. It's it's very efficient, um, but you you don't want to throw the steak on when the coals aren't you know, when they're still black, because it's okay. just going to create this nasty flavor. What about, speaking of charcoal, what about uh, using that charcoal that you can light itself? Is that any good to use? You can just well, light I like charcoal. it for my solo stove. No, no, I no, like no, it no, for no. my solo stove. But no, I'm talking about for on a grill. If I'm going to be Matt, grilling. So you're talking about, I don't, you know, I have no problem with that match light charcoal okay yeah if if you wait until it's 100 percent engulfed in flames okay i mean if you can't smell charcoal fluid coming out it's it's fine i mean shit okay. there's there's famous barbecuers donnie teal johnny trigg those guys used to just throw a bag of charcoal in there and just take a whole bottle of lighter fluid and spread it on there and throw a match at it and get the pit going real quick and they've won many world championships doing that. Sure. But they weren't throwing the meat on. So match light charcoal, you want to use match light? People say, okay. oh, it's bad. No, it's not bad. You just got to make sure it's all the way lit and all the way burning and burnt all the, you know, the charcoal, the lighter fluid, because that's all it is. Yeah. You got to make sure that lighter fluid's all burnt off of there before you put a piece of meat on it. So, sure. you know, never put a piece of meat on a smoker that's got smoke rolling out of it. If when you open that door and... And it's in your eyes, and it's gonna that smoke's gonna hurt your eyes. Don't put that meat on. Get a cleaner fire. Put it on. Trust me, you'll get a good clean smoke versus a dirty smoke, and your flavor is gonna be so much better. Sure. What you you kind of alluded also um, there to uh, uh, lump charcoal. What's what's your thoughts on lump charcoal as compared to briquettes or what 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 is lump charcoal? Well, I use. Uh, so, so lump charcoal, all as it is, is they take they take logs, or they take two by fours, or whatever. You know, it depends what company it is. But they take it and they put it in these big burn barrels and they throw furnace and they start burning that wood, and then they it gets to a certain point and they snuff it out. They just cut off all the oxygen okay. and they snuff it out, and then they, they snuff it out until the fire is completely out, and then they dump it out. And so now you've got pre-charred wood. So when we talked about wet wood versus dry wood and whatever, it's partially burned wood. And it's okay. mainly burnt all the way through, but it it works really well. It doesn't, you can add that to an existing fire and it's not going to create a lot of smoke to an existing fire. Matter of fact, today, you know, with the Jambo, I've found that a lot easier, you know, so instead of managing the fire every 20 or 30 minutes by putting a log on i can actually start with a bag of of briquettes put a log on top with maybe a little bit of lump charcoal i can i can light it get that going rolling good and then every time i put meat on i'll just throw a log on 10 minutes before make sure that log's burning clean and then if i just want to maintain the fire i've just got a pan there that i dump out some lump charcoal and put it on the side of the fire and it really doesn't smoke because it's already been pre-burned and it gives me a good fuel source that a has one. a lot of lasting power and clean. 
and a clean one. So, so, I mean, just for instance, when I'm cooking a competition, if I get up and light the pit at four o'clock in the morning and I'm done with the pit about one thirty in the afternoon, I'm going to go through one bag of briquettes. I'm going to go through a full bag of lump and I'm going to go through about six or seven sticks sure. of wood on a jam, on a jambo, you know? Sure. So I think the important takeaway is it's okay to add lump charcoal. Don't add briquettes. If you got meat on the briquettes are a good starter. Uh-huh. And they're good for grilling steaks and stuff, but you got to make sure they're burning all the way before you put stuff on. Otherwise, you're not going to like the results. Okay. Then pellets. I'm a pellet fan. Uh, I, I, I'm a, I'm a big pellet fan. I, I've probably got 15 pellet been. cookers in my arsenal. You always have been. Uh, I just, I've just, I started out competition on pellet, yeah. and just, it's, it's, you know, I've been, I've been called a cheater many times, but. You know, it's, does it impart a lot of smoke flavor? No, but it's super easy. I mean, if I want to throw something, if I want to throw something on the pellet cooker and just let it go all day long, very rarely do you have a problem. Right. Now, there's these guys today that, you know, every pellet cooker, shit, it, it, it wants to do more than my computer does, right? right. They want to monitor every single temp and pellet feed and whatever just throw the shit on there. You know, I've got, I've got some of the fanciest American made pellet cookers out here and they got all this Wi-Fi shit on it and monitor your temp. You know what? If you're smoking, goddamn it, be out near there. Right. And if I'm not going to get up every two hours and check on a pellet cooker. Right. Right. But the more electronics, the problems become the electronics, not the augers and everything. Mm -hmm. And right. But pellet cookers to me are a fine solution. I, I was just watching. I was on TikTok last night, if you can imagine that. No. Um, first first time in two days. And I went out there and there was this video I'd shot out at Snake River cooking a backyard brisket. And if you haven't checked that out, go to TikTok and just look up Snake River Farms. And I did a backyard brisket. And I tell you what, I cooked it on a, I think that was a Green Mountain Grill because that's what they had there. And no injection on a brisket. No, it was a good, halfway decent quality brisket. It wasn't the best brisket I'd ever cooked. But man, I put that on that pellet cooker and cooked it for, I don't know, maybe five, five and a half hours total. Took that off, let it rest for three hours. It is the juiciest brisket I've ever cooked in my life. And it never got injected. It never got anything, but it was just an amazing. Did it have a lot of smoke flavor? No. But I think there's definitely a place. What what pellets, what um, flavor of pellets do you recommend people to use? Well, I mean, I like blends. I mean, people think that what pellets do you mean add different flavors. What do you mean blends? Well, you know, so you can buy. So if you go buy, you can't, if you go buy a cherry pellet. Right. It's not just cherry. They got to add oak in there because pellets require BTUs. Okay. So you got to have exactly. firepower, right? And that's what's holding it. So every pellet is a blended pellet, right? So okay. even if you got a hickory pellet, chances are it's hickory and oak. Now, okay. if you're buying like a Traeger pellet out in the Northwest, it might be something of a wood that's closest to them sure. plus hickory or whatever. So okay. lots of variations, but, you know, pellets, pellets don't put a – I have a Bear Mountain pellet that I love. Um, it's easy for me to get. I use a gourmet blend, so I don't know. It's blended hickory and oak and cherry and, but it's just, 
it's a clean pellet. When it comes, it's not crumpled into it. The bag's not full of dust. It doesn't, it, it burns in virtually any pellet smoker I have. Okay. Without, you know, thing. Now, some pellets, you know, some pellets come and they've been tossed around and so much and they're little things and it's just hard. Or some pellets right. are way too long. I've had pellets before that, that are way too long and then they jam up augers and stuff. So, okay. um, I don't know. I like Bear Mountain. Um, there's, there's a bunch of good pellets out there. Not that Traeger has a bad pellet or whatever. It's just, I mean, they had them on sale for seven bucks over Labor Day weekend. I backed up the truck, did the old Laney Wilson. Backed Where do you up buy the truck? Pellet. Where do you buy them Jesus at? I buy them. I buy them at Fleet Farm. Okay. Farm, Fleet, Fleet Farm. Or you can buy them at Bombgars. Fleet Farm or, or Bombgars okay. or pretty easy pellet to find and a pretty okay. expensive. Now I tell you when we first started out, old Phil Hopkins taught me how to cook on a pellet cooker because he had smoking guns and he cooked totally on pellet cooker. That boy used heating pellets. That's that. all he ever used was heating pellets, oak heating pellets and hell they were <laughs> oak heating pellets. Really? And they, I mean, I mean, you could buy them for two ninety nine a bag. Tell right. you what, you ain't gonna be able to tell the difference. You ain't gonna be, I mean, it, it just, it's all about marketing, right? right? I mean, that's what the pellet world's about. That's what the barbecue world's about. It's all about marketing. And so, I mean, I want to, I, I love old meat church, Matt. I love him to death, but he's his pellet. I walk in there and fuck it, $13 more expensive than my, I ain't buying that. I'll just send you $10. There you go. Right. You know, does it make it any superior? No. Most of these are, you know, like charcoal. There's only three places in America, I think, that make They're charcoal. Making them, yeah. You know, it all comes out of the same damn thing, and they just get a different label. And I think that's true in all of barbecue. I think it's true whether you're talking about, you know, wood sources, whether you're talking about charcoal sources, whether you're talking about pellets or whatever. There's so many, so many of these manufacturers around. Sure. It's like the old Twyford barbecue sauce used to be, right? Exactly. Yeah. Moving right the along. Toy for barbecue sauce. Was Moving right along. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, wood, charcoal, pellets, it's just a matter. Just run a clean fire. Yeah. I think that's the whole thing. Get to a point where you can run a fire. Forget about putting meat on your smoker. Just try and run your smoker and keep its temperature consistent. You don't want to be bouncing around from 300 to 200 to whatever. Try and get where you can hold 250 or 275 or 300. It doesn't matter. And just try and hold the temperature. It doesn't have to be exact, but just try and keep it in the range and maintain. And do your practice that way versus ruining a piece of meat. Okay. And speaking about meat, what's your favorite thing to cook, Randy? I like cooking briskets and ribs. Briskets and ribs. If I had yeah, my rather, I, I would rather probably mess with ribs. Or, or brisket, excuse me, brisket. Right, and huh. but most people shy away from that because, you know, that's the last thing the backyarders start, you know, want to do is because right. they don't want to screw up a $100 piece of meat. You know, right. it used to be a cheap piece of meat, and now it's not. I mean, I mean, hundred dollars. Oh. She looks at a hundred dollars as yeah. as I cook two hundred and fifty dollar briskets every weekend, and she's yeah. looking at me like, "What?" But I can't <laughs> say I, I don't. You know, I, I like that's absurd. Yeah, 
Um, I like cooking ribs also. And the thing I like about ribs yeah. is is it's a quick and easy cook, or somewhat quick, you know, depending on what temp you're yeah. running them at. Yeah. And it, it's as three of or brisket, four hour, three or four hour cook. Yeah, as of a brisket, if you're going to do it right, you're going to cook them overnight. And I know you disagree with that, but uh, cooking them hot and fast. But well, I think I think there's more than one way to skin to a cat. Cook. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. There's no but, there's uh, such thing as wrong. What? Why a cat? See, yeah, see, you that, grew up in a I different. Didn't... You grew up in a different generation. You've never heard of there's more than one way to skin <laughs> right? a cat. Oh, yeah. I feel it. I mean, it's kind of like I feel opinion. like I have heard it, but it's I don't like know. opinions I feel are like... like assholes. Everybody's got one. I have heard that one. Worse than others, plenty of except times. for that one guy. Except for that one guy, we graduate. Oh, never mind. That's a whole different story. Jesus. But I think ribs are uh, a she, quicker. Boy, she, uh, boy, she, she, she says she sure says Jesus a lot. You'd think this is a church thing. Yeah, exactly. Everywhere, <laughs> Jesus. You know, you you know when you've said something wrong or controversial. When I get the old Jesus, <laughs> she says that a lot when I'm on here, does she? <laughs> but I think ribs. Uh, Ribs are a nice cook, <laughs> and people like cooking ribs. Ribs are a nice cook. I, I, I think most people want to start with pork and the pork butt because it's very forgiving. Okay, it, it would be, it's hard to screw up a pork butt. I, I mean, it really is, and I think mm -hmm. that's where I would suggest people cut their teeth. Yeah, um, you know, one of the things I think that people see. Oh, what am I going to do with this 11 pound piece of meat? Well, what they don't understand is 11 pound piece of meat's only going to be five and a half pounds by the time you get done. But still, it's an 11 pound piece of meat, but it's just a piece of meat. I mean, if it's too big, cut it in half, cut it in half raw and cook half of it the and throw the rest of it in the those... freezer. There's nothing wrong with it. The that. only thing about doing like those, doing a brisket. Or doing a pork butt, you've got to be you got to be able to hold hold the temperature, you know, for a long period of time. You better have got that down, or you're going to just screw it up. Well, but pit. if you're first of all, if you're on a pellet, if if you're on a pellet cooker, doesn't matter. If you turn up the temperature, doesn't matter. I cook a right, brisket in four hours and ten minutes every single weekend. Right. Right. So it's. You know, I can I can cook right, a brisket as fast or as slow as you want to be, and there's virtually no difference right. in the end product. Exactly. Right? So, but you've you, got a little experience. Don't let that, on that be fast. your. I do, but it's the same thing. I mean, it's the same process. But when it comes to meat, okay, we'll talk about meat, and then we'll talk about the cooking process. So when you talk about meat, fattier meats are better. Right. So if you're looking something in a case, you know, looking at a pork butt, you want it. Well, because because if you're barbecuing it, you want that internal marbling, which is that little striations of fat through the center. Right. And we don't care about the fat on the outside. I really don't care about the fat on the outside because you're either going to trim it off or you're going to take it off after it's cooked. It's okay to have some fat on the outside, don't get me wrong, but what you're really after on any piece of meat is the striations of fat on the inside. So 
I can go to Walmart and I can pick you out a winter brisket just by the striations of meats, you know, and maybe we'll throw a Emma in her editing thing. She'll be able to, we'll give her a little thing where people could see meat marbling. I'll get her some examples she can post up there about, you know, non-marbled versus marbled meat. Make sure you make a note of that. Um, Marbled versus non-marbled meat. And marbled meat, what happens is that meat's going to, that striations of fat as you cook is going to melt into the meat. Right. And when it melts into the meat, it's going to create juicy meat. Whereas if it doesn't have any internal marbling, it's going to come out drier than a popcorn fart. Can't believe we didn't get a Jesus on that one. I can't either. I heard, I've heard that one before. I've heard that one before. She's getting numb. She's getting numb. But usually, I used to say the cheapest cuts of meat were the best for barbecue. But that's not necessarily the, that's not, nothing's cheap anymore. Right. Um, right. But if you want, if you want to play with the pork butt, I was in the grocery store the other day. How most of them sell these little collars, you know, it's, it says a pork butt or whatever, and it's a little two, three pound piece of meat. It's going to turn out the same. Don't cook it for 15 hours, but it's the same piece of meat, just a little bit cut off and netted up. So don't be don't be scared of that. But ribs are, I mean, everything's relatively. Once you learn how to do it, barbecue is relatively easy, right? I agree. It's, there's it's the same process, it, the same. cooking process. It's yeah, it's the same process for everything you do. So you know, there's the cooking process. So old Joe Cordray, who used to be the um, the guy in charge of the meat lab at Iowa State University. Oh yeah. Old Joe, I mean, he was he was smart some bitch when it come to meat, and you know he taught me that hey, meat starts out with a dry cooking process. So when you have a dry, I don't mean dry, but I mean dry heat. So you're dealing with dry heat. So as you're blowing charcoal across meat or wood or whatever, it's a dry process. So you've put some rub on the meat, and it's creating this spark, right? And so at this point, the meat's taking on smoke. But in order to make that meat really tender, in a backyard scenario, I would I would say that it's not the case in commercial rotisseries and stuff. But then you need to wrap that meat to then bring moisture and to bring almost steam to the meat. So what you're trying to do is right. you take a dry heat and develop your bark, and then you wrap. And you bring in moist heat, which then steams and stews and braises, maybe is the word, that meat to make it tender. So you get your flavor in the first part, and you get your tenderness in the second part of the cook. And, you know, so we, we see that a lot, you know, I mean, most of the time when I'm cooking really anything, if I'm wrapping it, I'm not going to go any more than two and a half hours probably before I wrap something. And people would say two and a half hours, I go overnight, but, and you can go overnight at a very low temperature. And they would say that you're slowly rendering out that fat. Well, even in a hot and fast scenario, I don't think there's a piece of meat on this planet that I couldn't cook in under five hours. And you're going to wrap it in two and a half. 
I'm going to usually wrap, wrap it two to two and a half. I, right now, two, two. right now in competition, I'm wrapping and I'm wrapping those ribs in an hour and a half. Okay. What are you wrapping? What I've, so, well, so you two types of wrap. You're either wrapping in foil or butcher paper, and that's a question. Boy, it is raining. It is. It's monsooning here again in Iowa. Well, yeah, that's for nice. my friends in Arizona. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't hardly hear those. So I'm going to have to. It's raining so hard. I live in a metal building, so it's probably not the best. What it? What is it? How many week? Whatever of not having a podcast studio. Twenty three. Twenty three. Week twenty three of not having a podcast studio. But anyway, so so the main difference between the foil. And the butcher paper, okay? Mm-hmm. Butcher paper is going to allow steam to permeate, permeate, right? Okay. So if I'm, think of it as more of a gentler wrap, if you will. So okay. if I wrap something in foil and I put liquid or even no liquid, it's going to start building a steam. That's all you're doing. You're steaming that sure. meat. You're braising it and you're mm-hmm. making it tender. So, and, and a lot of times in competition, we wrap in foil because we want to add things to the wrap, you know. So we have a brisket wrap, which may be a beef broth and may have some other ingredients in it. If we're wrapping pork, we're probably going to put brown sugar and honey and butter and all kinds of stuff in there. And that Slum stuff's going to yeah. melt. And, and it's just going to sit there and braise in that liquid. And some of that meat's going to take on that flavor, right? Right. Whereas if you're in butcher paper, if I put if I put beef broth in it, it's just going to leak out. Right. Right. So but as I build a bark cooking in uh, wrapping in foil, that bark is going to kind of disintegrate somewhat and it's going to become kind of mushy rub again. Where if I'm wrapping in butcher paper and I'm not pounding it so hard with steam, then it's going to preserve some of that bark. So if you're right. after bark, if you're after a Texas-style brisket, I would say go to butcher paper. If you're looking to speed up your cooking process, because it's going to take a lot longer to do it in butcher paper than, not maybe a lot longer, but it's going to take longer to when you wrap something in butcher paper than if you wrap it in foil. If you want to get something done, foil is your friend. But Let me ask there's you some consequences. So there's there's good and bad to both of them. Okay. Let me ask you this. Is there any difference? I see people using the peach-colored uh, butcher paper, and then you got the white butcher paper. Is there any difference between them that makes any difference in wrapping with? Well, well the, the, the purest, so white butcher papers had bleach added to it. So probably not okay. a great scenario. Mm. Um, okay. Freezer paper has wax added to it. Probably not a great idea. So, okay. you know, one of two things you can, the peach butcher paper is, is really unbleached paper. That's its natural. Okay. Even though I would say that's probably not its natural color. It's natural color is probably that of a grocery sack. Right. But uh-huh. people, and you could just take, you don't have to, you don't just go get a grocery sack and put your brisket in a grocery sack. Right. And, and, and fold it well. up. You can do that. Well, okay. some people say, but there's ink and there's glue on the handles and all that other stuff. So people oh, okay. are worried about shit okay. like that. I okay. don't. 
you're gonna you're gonna die right. somehow, right? So I, okay. I, I don't get into that stuff too much. So, but you know, peach butcher paper is kind of the in thing. That's what the professionals use. You can buy it logoed with ink that they tell you not to use. Yeah, so they put ink all I've over seen it. that. There, there you go with <laughs> right? ink on it. Yeah. Yeah, but but it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just butcher paper. I'm not worried about ink because guess what? When I take it out, the ink's still on there. So if the ink's still on there, evidently it's not in my meat, right? And if you want a so good source for it, Web I, Restaurant, I Web Restaurant, that online uh, restaurant supply place, they got plenty of it, and it doesn't have ink on it, and the whole ten yards. That's 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 Webstrant. Webstrant, I call it. It's web not restaurant. Web Restaurant. It's what, but it's Webstrant. Webstrant. It's just like, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's like Web Restaurant, but it's one word, Webstrant. They have butcher. Peach they are butcher great. Paper. They are a great source. They got peach butcher paper. They got they got everything. They got yeah. everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's that's really the difference between wrapping and foil, wrapping and butcher okay. paper. There's no wrong or right. Um, I saw some guys in a competition this weekend wrapping in butcher paper next to me, and they were pretty new. Wrapping, but and I didn't say a word. I'm like, okay, yeah, they're wrapping in butcher paper. And I'm like, okay, but in competition barbecue, we we have what we call the ajou, which when we get done cooking a pork or a brisket, we'll dump that liquid out into a fat separator and we'll separate out the fat and we'll take that liquid and we'll use it as a finishing glaze, if you will, to bring more flavor into that meat. Well, if they're wrapping in butcher paper, they ain't got no finishing glaze. Yeah, Thank God, she's you know, all went they, away. they don't have that advantage of us trying to add flavor. So, I mean, if, if you do wrap in foil, you know, and you're feeding, let's say, a pork butt and you wrap that thing and you get some brown sugar and honey and butter and you can put hot sauce, hell, you wrap it with beer, whatever flavor you want, doesn't matter. It's just got to be liquid because that liquid's going to help create steam. And And then when you do that, when you get done, don't throw that away. Take that and drizzle that over the top of that pulled pork. After you do it, it's just giving an amazing flavor. Just kind of adds. And if a you don't bit want the fatty, it. if you don't want the fatty, then then put it through a fat separator and and get the fat off of it. And then you know, once you get the fat off it, pour it back over there and just gives all kinds of great flavor. Kind of as a gravy. Yeah, a little bit, a little gravy, a little thinner, but. So, you know, cooking. So we've cooked. We got our fire. We're managing our fire. Um, we know what cuts of meat we're going to do. You know, we know when we're going to wrap it. You know, we, we talked a little bit about, we need to talk a little bit about tenderness, right? And I think this is where people screw up. What, did I say something funny? No. Keep going. You you guys are both staring at me like, what the fucker just say? No, no. you're totally fine. You're fine. Keep going. Oh. Oh. You didn't. For once, you didn't do anything. Oh, you guys were just like, it must have been, it must have been <laughs> profound because you guys were like staring at me like, holy shit, I can't believe he just said that. No, you I didn't would say, say anything. I can't believe you said that. You know me better than that. So, And oh, I would yeah. say yeah, Jesus. Right. Yeah. And right, you would say along. Jesus. Moving along. 
tenderness. Get your, yeah. get your, get yourself, get yourself a probe, get yourself a, it doesn't have to be a high dollar probe. You can buy, I've been buying some of these $15 instant read probes on the internet, on Amazon. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they last okay. Or you can get to ThermalWorks. They've got a Thermopop. They got a Thermopen. So you can buy a probe from, you know, $15 up to a hundred dollars. And they, they both kind mm-hmm. of do the same thing. I mean, some are calibrated a little more evenly, but, you know, that's the best way is you're cooking to a temperature, mm-hmm. but then the feel of the probe has to really win out, Yeah. right? So no matter what piece of meat you're cooking, it should feel, we always say feels like butter. Well, it shouldn't feel like sticking a probe into butter. It should feel like if the probe was in butter and you're pulling it out of butter, the resistance. So sometimes the probe goes straight in because it's got a sharp point. Of course it goes straight in. But if you're pulling the probe out of your meat and mm-hmm. and the meat kind of sticks to it or meat lifts up, you're not near even close to being done. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time in almost all the barbecue, if you're talking about ribs or pork or brisket or anything like that, forget about USDA guidelines. If you got to cook pork to 145 or what pork to be 160, that's out the table. If you're cooking a fatty piece of meat, I'm going to guess your finishing temperature is going to be somewhere between 195 and 210, 99% of the time. Right. Now, some cuts of meat, if they're not real fatty, you don't want to really go to the high end to get them super tender because then they're just going to start drying out. So those, if, I, if I've got a brisket that's not fatty, I'm probably going to take that brisket to 202, 203. It's not going to be as tender, but I'll slice it thinner. If I'm cooking a Wagyu like a Snake River Farms brisket like I do in, in competition, I'm mm-hmm. going to pound that thing. I'm going to 210, 211 because I know there's so much internal marbling there that it can take the heat and I can I can push the tenderness. I agree with you. Um if you're going to spend all your mo- spend money to get this, that and the other, do yourself a favor and spend a little money and get you a good thermometer, a good probe. So you get your, so you know where get you're your at. Get your good thermometer. Because you got to know where you're at. Um, You got to know where you're at. But feel feel becomes the ultimate at the end. Right. Feel becomes the ultimate at the end. Because, I mean, like if anybody says they have a tough, chewy brisket, yeah, if brisket was jerky, it's because you didn't cook it long enough. Right? Cook it longer. Wrap it in foil. Speed it up. Get it done. Right? I agree. And then resting. Once something's... Once something's cooked, let it rest, mm-hmm. right? Let it how rest because how people, uh, well, it, it just depends what you're doing. So I tell you, one time I was out of my, when I had a house in Arizona, I did a little test one day and it was like 115 degrees outside. And here I am over this barbecue pit and I was going to test ribs. So I cooked three racks of ribs. And when he got done, I opened, I was, did them in foil. They took my normal, you know, uh, wrap them after an hour and a half, two hours, and they're done in an hour. So, you know, ribs normally take me about three, three and a half hours. 
And if I'm cooking at 275, 300, that's where they're going to finish. So as soon as they got done, I took them out and I sliced it and I took a bite of each rib, right? And then I quick wrapped it back up in foil and I let it sit for 20 minutes, threw a blanket over the top of it in a warm atmosphere. And I, I let it rest for 20 minutes and I took off the next bone and I sliced it. They all got better, right? Really? And so then I wrapped them up and I let it go for 40 minutes. And I took it back out and I sliced a bone off and it was like they got even better. And then I went for an hour and I did the same thing and I noticed no difference. So what, what that said to me was 20 minute rest was good on those ribs, but 40 minute rest was my ultimate. So like in competition, if I'm going to start screwing around and cutting up my ribs right after chicken, I want them ribs done at 11, 15, 11, 30, because I want them sitting on the counter in the juice, just resting. And, you know, brisket, you know, brisket, I would say rest as long as you can possibly rest it. Get her now, off as of early course as you can. need to get her off as early as you can. I mean, that's the beauty of barbecue. Everybody thinks that, oh, my God, I got a family reunion. I got to get this done and whatever. And, and I'm not sure how I'm going to get this done at five and this done at 530. No. Get it all done at three o'clock. Let it get all done at two o'clock. Just find a way to keep it warm. You know, a styrofoam cooler is the exactly. best ever if you don't have if if you don't have a heated holding cabinet. But a styrofoam cooler, just taking your brisket, putting it in the bottom of a styrofoam cooler or any cooler, but styrofoam really has the best insulating power, I think. And you probably shouldn't put a brisket. I suppose I've done it before. Put brisket in your five hundred dollar Yetis, but. If you and got I've 500 heard, bucks to spend on a Yeti, then then you might as well buy a bigger cooker. And I've always heard take a, like an old towel, like an old beach towel or something yeah. like that, and put that inside yeah. that cooler also to kind of hold that temperature in there, and you'd be good as gold. That's well, you want to you want to fill it up, so yeah. so you wrap it in a towel, but then we also take like newspaper, and and we just fill the cooler full of void because if a cooler is full. Not ice, but if it's full of anything, then it's going to maintain heat. Whereas sure. if you don't have paper in there, and you can take some of that fancy butcher paper and do the same stuff, but if you put that in there, if you don't put it in there, then that meat, the heat off that meat has to heat up the inside of that cooler. Right. But if you take that cooler and put maybe some hot boiling water or not boiling water right in the cooler, I wouldn't suggest that, but put a pan of hot water in there a half hour before your brisket's coming off, and then take that water out and dump it out. Now your cooler's warm. Put your warm brisket or your warm pork butt or whatever in there. Cover it with a towel. Cover it with paper. Fill that thing clear full and just let it rest. And, you know, we do at Thanksgiving and about three or four times a year, I, I love to cook turkey breast. And most people, if you were talking about smoking turkey breast, and it's a very lean cut of meat, but I would... You know, most people would cook a turkey breast and they'd take it off and they'd sl put it on the cutting board and they'd slice it. Well, but you'd take it up to 165 because you have to, right? Right. But if you take a turkey breast 138 to 140 degrees and you mm -hmm. take that off the pit and throw a stick of butter on that thing or some melted butter on top of it and wrap it in foil and then throw that in a cooler and let her sit for three hours full. Yeah. It's the best damn turkey breast you've ever had. I bet it is. And if you've ever had Texas barbecue, 
that's their secret. So, so Texas barbecue, when you go to a Texas barbecue place and you see them cooking brisket today, that's not something they're serving today. That's tomorrow's, you know, so they're cooking brisket all during the day. And tonight they're going to take that brisket off and they're going to wrap it. They may wrap it partway through the cooking process. They may not, but they're going to take it off and they're going to let it sit. Remember when we did that old John Lewis, when we went to, uh, we were down in Austin, Texas at, uh, uh, what's the the name of the place when he was at, uh, now, wow, we were at La Barbecue. Yeah. The barbecue. And and he showed us, they, they set those briskets all out on the picnic table. And they just let them sit because they wanted them to come down in temp. So they got them down to 150 degrees on the picnic table. And then they put them in a heating holding cabinet and held them at 145 all night long. And that's what they would serve the next day. So it just, it was safe. You got You want to hold your meat above 140 degrees, you know, to be USDA or to be health. You know, you don't want to make anybody sick. Right. Right. So the health department. So you want 40 to 140 is bad, right? You don't want Mm -hmm. anything between 40 and 140 when you're holding. You want to be higher than 140. But so that's what Texas barbecue joints. That's why you get that velvety texture. That's why you get the slow cooked stuff. But back to this turkey, you let that turkey sit for three hours. I've put a probe in it and that turkey, if I take it at 138 and put butter on it and wrap it up tight, You'll just watch over a matter of an hour, hour and a half. It will rise up to 160, 162 degrees. Really? And it's just amazing, the finish. And, and it, people liken that to sous vide. Um, but it's just, it's just amazing. So, you know, you got to let it rest. You don't have to re- let it rest overnight. A lot of people aren't going to do that because you're not going to be able to throw a brisket in your cooler overnight and just let it sit there because it's going to it's going to cool off enough it's going to go down to 10 and most ovens won't go down to 140 so you can't do it most pellet cookers and stuff you can't hold at 140 so most of the time in the backyard you're kind of screwed when it comes to that but you can let that brisket rest for three or four or five hours and it'll be fine so if you're having a party get that stuff done get it done get in the cooler let it rest as an old guy that taught me, told me years ago that wore overalls, uh, you're better off to have her holding it than to having to be pushing it at the end. Right, right. Old Dave. Old Dave Stamper. Yep. God rest his soul. Yep. So, I don't know. That's barbecue. Barbecue in general is don't make it tough, right? It's super easy. Manage a and good fire, and and I think don't you think that's the thing people uh, try to make it too tough. They try to make well, it. Well, they too tight. they don't know how to that they don't know how to manage a fire. And I wish I could do a podcast on how to manage a fire because, but it's kind of hard. Maybe we could do a YouTube video one of these times. I'm right. waiting but, for it. No, oh, jeez, I knew that was coming. But you anyway, but get get a get a cooker that you can hold a steady temperature figure out how to manage a fire get a good quality piece of meat put whatever rub you want on top of it it doesn't matter right i mean just they're all good. start out simplistic start out with start out with salt and pepper they're all good they're all bad it's all you know every barbecue rub in america is salt sugar paprika garlic onion it, it's all the same so find one you like pick the one with the fancy label it doesn't matter they're all the same 
right. in the end, it really doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> and, and just find something, you know, you don't, you know, you don't, you know, beef rub. I love putting my brisket rubs on ribs. So if I'm cooking at home, I'm taking salt, pepper, and garlic that would normally go on brisket. I'm putting that on pork and ribs really? just because it's just a different flavor and I just love it. Yeah. But then go through the cooking process. You're going to cook it. You're going to wrap it. And then, you know, think about dry heat versus moist heat. Once you wrapped it, then you're looking for tenderness. Get your tenderness right. Once your tenderness is right, let that baby rest. Let it rest, and then you can finish it off whatever. Don't put any sauce on the damn thing till you're ready to serve it. Don't be, right. be you know, you can, it, back to briskets and pork. A lot of guys, they'll be spraying and spraying and basting. Every time you open that damn cooker lid, you're just adding time. Right. Let it go. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay to take a peek every once in a while, but I, I see some guys that have the cooker open more than they got it closed. I'm like, right. well, you just added four hours to your cook time because you, you know, I, I know Jack you're curious, around. right? Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> jackassing around. You're exactly right. So anyway, I, I think that's backyard barbecue is simple. And the biggest thing of it Emma, is, do you though, think it's simple? Yeah. I mean, it, I think if someone had the patience to do it, yeah, I don't. So, but the biggest thing, the biggest thing of it, it is, might not is be simple everything, to me. everything we talked about is have fun. Enjoy yourself. Have fun. In, in, enjoy the process, right? There's, yeah. there's like Randy and I this weekend, they'll probably, <laughs> while we're cheesy. cooking, there'll probably be time for an adult beverage, maybe. Or two. Or two. Party on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But enjoy the atmosphere. Enjoy. Smell the smoke. Not too much smoke. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's all about the experience. You know, we cook competition barbecue mm -hmm. every weekend. We don't do it because we like to cook barbecue. We love it for the experience. We love it for the local restaurants and being able to eat different things and just hang around with people and have fun. And that's why we do it. Any other know. questions you think? Random questions, Emma, before that we I go? Know. That... Emma, you got any of that? Um, um, no, I think you did a pretty good job of covering everything I have on my list, honestly. No, I think you forgot um, one thing. I think you forgot about resources. Because oh, yeah. you're wondering... Can you recommend resources? From, from, from a resource. So... Don't believe everything yeah. you ever see on YouTube, right? Yeah. Now, it, there's a lot of guys out there, and, and, I'll, and I'll shout him out, what? but a lot of guys and gals out there, but don't believe what, one what? guy that does what? Don't believe what? What'd you say? Don't believe don't I said, say don't that. say that, because I'm, I'm waiting for you to start doing that, and we want people to believe everything you say. Okay. Well, you, start if, making... you can, you can, Randy and I disagreed. He thinks a big green egg's great. I think it's a piece. Oh, just kidding. Fair enough. But it's or okay to disagree. But toilet. what I'm saying, it, it, <laughs> exactly. But in exactly. general, from a resource standpoint, and I think Randy okay. and I will both agree on this. I think Malcolm Reed and his How to Barbecue Right 200%. website, YouTube channel, 
200% does it better than anybody out there. Yep. Now, you know, uh, Matt, Matt Pittman over at Meat Church does a great job. There's all kinds. Of, Heath Rouse does a great job. There's a bunch of people that do a great job with content. But dollar for dollar, if I'm going to spend, if I'm going to go one place, I'm going to go to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right. I'm going to download the app. He's the damn guy's got an app on his phone or Does on my really? phone that I, I can say, that. oh, Randy. Oh, Randy. It is <laughs> amazing. I mean, I mean, the guy is just right here. How to barbecue right, right, right here. It's, and so then so, you right, put in yeah. what? And so he, so he, so he's got a pictorial. So if I want to figure out how do we do brisket, right? I can type in, got a little search bar at the top because that's what we like to do, right? And here's everything you need to know about smoked brisket. And the one thing that Malcolm does, so he starts off and he, he tags his YouTube video. Can you guys see that? Like that? Oh, there okay. You YouTube mm-hmm. video. So he's got a YouTube video. But then he goes through a step-by-step pictorial process. So you have a choice. And then at the bottom, he'll come up with a recipe, right? So you can look mm-hmm. at the recipe by itself. You can look at a pictorial of of through with the process, or you can just watch the video and they all say the same thing. So he's reaching every way you want to do it. And he's got a damn podcast. Maybe we should have him on sometime. Maybe, he should, maybe, maybe. we should go on his. Will but you? he probably does it as far as resources. You know, Meathead over in Amazing Ribs has a great website mm-hmm. um, out there that has a lot of information, too. Randy yeah, there for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> but just just good stuff. But don't yeah, believe I, everything Malcolm's you see on the internet, right? Opinion. Huh? I, I think so. Yeah, I think Malcolm's hopefully he'll be here this weekend. I'm not sure if he's still cooking much or not, but I don't think he is. I'd be surprised yeah. if he's up there. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Hey, you want to cook MBN? Hey, do you want to cook MBN? I don't care. I'll pay the entry fee. You bringing a? Are you bringing a cooker? Can't we just use some of the stuff you do use? I ha- do I? Do I have to work? No. The only thing we'd have to do different is you'd have to do some uh, baby back ribs. Where am I going to put them at? I don't know. That's that's the only thing. We we'll, we'll we'll talk about this. We could do that. We we'll talk around that. Sherry, she'll scream at me, but I know. We could, I don't. I think it'd be funny. We could. Shit. I mean, I we could. It, There's just money involved, right? Uh huh. I'd pay the entry fee. And, and uh. Well, the meat's you know, the, the meat's the more expensive part. Why <laughs> we would just use what you're using? We'd just use your pork. We'd use your pork for it. And I then barely got, I barely got enough pork to I barely got enough pork to turn in the damn contest. Oh, okay. All right. We'll we'll have talk about we'll have talk about it, but it'd be nice if old Hickory mm-hmm. just hop in an old hickory for us right there. Well drop in know, a whole hog and <laughs> Oh, we don't want to do <laughs> no, they don't do whole hog anymore. They don't? No, let's see. Yeah, they do whole hog. Don't they do hog shoulder? Yeah, they do. Which is pulled pork or whatever and ribs. 
So we could do ribs. Don't you love our plan? Uh, Don't you love our planning that goes into this? I'm leaving tomorrow morning. I'm leaving tomorrow morning to go to this contest, and Randy's going, "Hey, let's let's do this." What'd well, be funnier than hell if we slipped in there and won the damn thing? And we and you know we could, because if we if we because yeah, we're we final in one of them, we would final in one of them. I'll guarantee you, and we'd just do. Do it underneath the awning okay. there at your trailer. Just do well, that yeah, on you'd site. You'd all the bullshit. I would. I mean, it'd be easy. It'd be just, we're just simple, couple simple old country boys. We just decided last minute, we're going to give it a try. You know, we don't know. We really don't know what we're doing, but we're just going to give it a try. You know, the least they know. <laughs> we don't need all, and, and use uh Hell, we just go in the restaurant and get the plates and stuff. Well, no, you got to use plastic plates anyway. Now you use disposable. <laughs> everything's disposable now, so we could Looks just like mooch we off. Got some planning to do. No, we don't. Look we just, you guys. We just mooch off. We just mooch off people and get what we need. Jeez. Um, okay. We well, I say we. I say let's have a. Let's get down there and have a libation on Thursday and come up with a game plan. Let's don't plan it all ahead of time. You know, if we need baby backs, we can just get them from Philip. <laughs> yeah, right. Just get a couple three racks from Philip. That's all we need. Yeah. Or we could, because right. or because if we say something to Andrew, he'll bring down a whole goddamn semi load of them, and then we'll have to cook a bunch of them and stuff. So. Yep, this is where it goes off the rails. We forgot that the record button's still on. <laughs> I have to pee so bad. Okay. And I've well, been waiting. Okay. I've been waiting to close okay. this bad boy out. Okay. Okay. And right, lucky for you we guys, got... we have to let you guys have to stay here after we finish recording because Randy's thing's got to upload for a hot second. So, so, you guys so don't can talk shut about it off, then. Randy. Also, yes, don't you have to stay here. She's going to stop. Nope. Okay. I'm going to stop anyway, the recording. We're going to leave. Now we're going to close. Yep. I'm going to see if she remembers what to say, knowing yeah. she has to pee really bad. Yeah, I do. Um, everybody, go like, follow, and subscribe to our pages. We are at Cue the Mic Podcast on Instagram, Threads, Twitter, TikTok, the whole shebang. At Cue the Mic Podcast on YouTube, where you will subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you get an email every Monday when we post. Um, and yeah, and if you're in if you're in Central Illinois, go see Twyford Barbecue and his food yeah. truck and catering. And follow w him w at Twyford Barbecue. Twyford Barbecue. My favorite thing gotta... is that Twyford Randy sends me Instagram reels all the time, thinking Smokey D's Barbecue is Darren. So hopefully we can fix that. I'm, Randy, go I'm eat. the goat of BBQ, not Smokey mm -hmm. D's. Okay, well, whatever. Yeah. You should forward them. <laughs> Don't worry. Old dog new tricks. It's all right. Hey, you can um, forward me all the Instagram cat. reels you want, but guess what? I don't open. I don't open them yeah. anyway. Okay. Exactly. Right. So how okay. long right. do I need to stay on here? That was don't, it. Don't, don't. Randy, just, I'm gonna finish just, this episode and I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hit finish. That was okay. cue the mic. Episode 23. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Bye. <laughs>